Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Hello, hello. Have we got a show for you? And back in studio, Jaime James Birdsall's here. Back in studio. Once again, uh, James comes and goes. It's like he owns the place. Yeah, pretty much. You know, he never tells us. One day he shows, one day he doesn't. What's that all about, James? You know, just uh, coming and going as I please. You know, had to go and meditate on top of a mountain yesterday. Oh, really? Is yeah. that what we're doing now? Well, yeah, that, that was yesterday. What, what, is that what? So when you're not here, you're climbing a mountain. Yeah, it depends on the day. Uh, but yesterday definitely was. Mount, uh, it was mountain day. Yeah, it was mountain day. It was meditation yeah. day. Uh-huh. So, do you have people like come up and then ask you questions about life and that's, the meaning of life? That's the weird part. Where I just want to go up there and be alone, yeah. and then people keep on coming up to me and asking me really difficult questions. Yeah. And, like, do you have some spare water? Yeah, exactly. I'm stuck on this mountain. And yeah, I'm go away. I'm meditating, dying of thirst. Well, I didn't know that's what you were doing. I thought you were just like messing around, like just vegging in your apartment. Playing no, video games? No, not a, of course not. No, I'd never do that. No, and it's sad because um, because we don't see you enough. I, f- I feel like your father, and I don't know what's going on in your life. Okay, why are you laughing? I, I yeah. I just, Is it the father thing? I, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about your life for just a minute. Okay. Um, what is going on? How are you and McConkie? Great. We're doing fantastic. Really? Now, McConkie, for those that uh, aren't frequent listeners. McConkie is, James has a girlfriend, her name starts with an M, he won't tell us what it really is, so we've made up a bunch of names, McConkie. Malkovich. Malkovich. Yep. Uh, Mercedes. Mercedes. Melancola. Melancolovich. Yep. There's a bunch of them. But so what's going on with you and Melancolovich? Oh, you know, we're doing great, just, you know, the usual stuff. No, tell me about it. (laughs) I mean, because you've been dating a long time, you love her. Yeah. But you won't use the L word, probably, or do you? No, we use, we use it, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Or do you like do it in a cutesy way, like, I love woo? <laughs> no, no I, I can honestly say I've never done that. Great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Because you would lose respect. <laughs> I would lose self-respect. <laughs> and so you do card. use the L word with her, and you, you think she's fantastic, so much so that you bought her some um, fine metals. Cutlery. Yes. It, but in the, in the form of cutlery. Very sharp metals. And we've joked about that, how she's she loved it and lost two fingers. Yes. And you still love her. I, yep. And who knows, maybe there's going to be some not-so-sharp metal purchases in the future. Ooh. Whoa. Something so, in, in just a just round saying, sort of vein? Like a ninja star. Yeah. Like I was thinking that oh. um, for <laughs> that Valentine's different? Day, she could have some shuriken or something. Do you, uh, oh. part, you're going Valentine's Day. Shiny stuff. This yeah. is, but Valentine's Day is the holiday of love. This is where people... No. Yes, it That's is. not what it is in my house. No, check it up. Google it. It's where people... This is where people get engaged. Have you thought of this? Hmm. Huh. No, she, I, I really hadn't considered it because... Does Monica listen to the show? Uh, yes, she does. Oh, I hope I didn't give any ideas because now I don't want her to think she's going to get Dang engaged. it. Well, you could be getting a ninja star. You're just saying if you're listening. Or a tire. Or a katana. 
or a, or a, or a, uh, uh, what do they call the um, little toys the kids use now? The a kandama. A kandama. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know those? Yeah. Those yeah. little flip it toys? Those are wood. Yeah. But yeah, but you could probably get a really nice platinum one. Um, talk to me about because I'm just thinking. I just got to You got to know. I have a big event, a big date night on f- that Thursday. Okay. So if you want my help uh-huh. uh, to propose to um, McQuellen, I'm not available the 14th. McMillan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I just want you to know that because I don't want you to think I'm going to be there to close the deal. The 14th is a Saturday. But isn't the 14th Valentine's Day? Yes. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing my event. And Are you that's doing when it I'm, that's on, when I'm on the 14th? Yeah, I'm doing see. it on okay, the holiday. So off air, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about your availability to help if, you, if you're if you able to okay. because that would be nice. And um, and I, I figure I would just ask her for you. That would be perfect. Just kind of as like kind of a, you know uh, Let's just do intermediary. it today. Get her on the phone. <laughs> Mike? Get McQuinton on the phone right now. McClintock. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, let me know. Okay, I'll keep, I'll keep you updated. Uh, but, but remember, I'm busy. I'm a busy, busy man. I can't get everybody engaged. I can't do everything. Okay. So if you want me, get it on my schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, he is, you know, kind of a big thing. I'm, I'm a big deal. I'm kind of a big deal. And, I'm a, I, and as, a, as a big deal, I'm kind of a busy man. Kind of a busy man. Yeah. But, you know, people do applaud him all the time. Yeah, they do. Yay. Good job, man. Oh. What was that? I have no <laughs> idea. That wasn't the applause that I had up there. I think that was, yeah, just the joke yeah. in one of our meetings. Uh-huh. Hey, um, we've got a great show today, and I'm, g- I'm going to surprise you with the guest. It's, it's, we're actually, we're talking about service. Yes. And because, you know, I, I have this feeling my kids don't necessarily get that life is not here to serve you. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like they don't necessarily, when there's an issue, like will my wife will call right when she's pulling in with all the groceries. She'll just call. It's a great little trick. I've you, done that. You remember? Yes. My, and, and she'll just say, hey, I'm almost there with the groceries. And I'll be like, great, mom's here with the groceries. I won't be that excited. but um, And no one moves. Oh, well, we threaten them with, um, if you want to eat it, you will help bring it in. Yeah. That's a great idea. That's yeah. how we threaten my parents, actually. <laughs> Your parents? If you want us to bring it in, we're going to eat it. <laughs> wow. So That's a great comeback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, so so we've, we really want to talk about service today. And we, we brought, uh, we, we, re- we recorded an interview a f- about six months ago yeah. with an incredible guest. And uh, well, I'll, I'll introduce it in, a, in after this next break. But you're going to learn about service in a way that um, I think it'll make it real. Okay, makes sense. Does that make sense? I mean, it sounds weird. Or should I just do it now, Sean? I would do it now. You think? Yeah. But won't I spoil the surprise? Well, no, not really. Okay. Well, here we go. Uh, a friend of ours, Becky Lockhart, was the Speaker of the House of Representatives in Utah. Mm-hmm. And not, she wasn't the current. Not current. She, she was a former Speaker. Of former the House. Speaker. And six months ago, we had her on our show. Yes. And um, she was Speaker of the House at that time. She was Speaker of the House and is a great friend of the show. And we asked, we asked her to come on because she, had, she was retiring from politics or at least retiring from the House and wasn't going to 
wasn't going to be a part of that anymore. We asked her to come on with Stan Lockhart, her husband, and asked him to come and just talk about service and service to community, service to the world, and how you get this this gift of wanting to serve in your life. We had her come on. We did an interview six months ago, and here's the deal. Sadly, tragically, Speaker Lockhart, Becky Lockhart, passed away uh, just a few days ago. Yeah. And I wanted to pay tribute to her somehow. And well, how do you pay tribute? But you just got to celebrate what she did do, her life, her service. But she died of a tragic, crazy, weird disorder, mm-hmm. brain disorder, neurodegenerative disorder, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, a rare and fatal brain disorder without cure or treatment. In November, she started to get a little dizzy, uh, dizziness, got a little, uh, you know, out of kilter. And November, they basically ended up di- diagnosing her with this. There's no cure to it. It's fatal. Once you get it, you just start deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And sadly, we lost her. So what we wanted to do, and we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we are going to uh, get into this interview and learn from Becky Lockhart, uh, Utah's speaker, uh, past speaker, but really, they, they kind of say always the speaker. But also, she was the first woman speaker first of the house right. in Utah. And a great friend of the show, and we love uh, we love Becky. We love her children, three children, and her husband Stan. Incredible examples of service. We're going to learn from them when we come back. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. More after this break, right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. In the house are almost, we have almost have royalty in the house, except we don't believe in such a government. So instead, instead we have uh, Speaker of the Utah House of Representatives, Becky Lockhart. Hi. How are you? Good. Thank that's, you. That's about all the intro you need. And on your left, you like to call him Stud Muffin, Sir sure, Stan Lockhart. Sure. Oh, yeah. Stan's Stan, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> stud Muffin. <laughs> that's what he told me. He told me the other day, like, she likes to call me Stud Muffin. I'm like, that's a little personal, Stan. Oh, wow. Really? You, you didn't say that. No, he didn't. <laughs> Stan and I see each other every year when we speak to the legislator spouses. Yeah. You're ne- you've never come over. No, because I'm usually legislating. I, well, I know, but if you cared. Oh, I'm sorry. Well... Oh, Speaker Lockhart. Apologize for that. Sorry to throw it down like that in the first sorry, five minutes. Sorry. Uh, so good to have you. Let me just give your bios because everyone's going to be like, whoa, we've got near royalty. Um, uh, Becky Lockhart, also Rebecca D. What was your maiden name, Rebecca? Tower. Rebecca D. Tower. Really? Rebecca Dawn. Dawn. Tower's my maiden name. Though. Yeah. yeah. Rebecca Tower, then Lockhart, married Stan the man. Uh, she, she, I'm not going to tell when you were born, uh, very young, and is an American politician, Republican member of the Utah House of Representatives. Lockhart represents 64th District in Provo, Utah. She's the current Speaker of the House of in Utah and, by the way, serves as the state's first female speaker. Yeah, and, and for my constituents in Northern Springville, I also represent them. Okay, so. Not just Provo, let's but get this, yeah, Northern District Springville District in well. Provo and Northern Springville. Yeah. Uh, how many are there? We won't go there. Um, Stan, 38,000 approximately. Are there really? Yes. You went to BYU. You yes. did, Becky. And Stan, you have served on Provo City Council. 
You've also been the chair of the Utah Republican Party, and now you're a lobbyist with an L. You're a lobbyist. You know how people feel about those. Right? Can I clarify a, that? I'm a government affairs manager. Okay, there you go. For Micron. Yeah, let's, let's be clear. There's a couple different kinds yeah, of lobbyists, that, right? So you have lobbyists, which are contract lobbyists, which work for, frankly, anybody who pays them, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't the, need to denigrate them, no, that's but that's the dark what they side. do. That's the dark that's side. That's a lobbyist, right? Okay. Then there are people who are like industry lobbyists who work for like the Association of Counties or the yeah. Association of Manufacturers, the associ- certain associations. Then you have individuals who actually work for one corporation or one company. And do their affairs. And do their affairs. affairs. And so by law have to register as lobbyists. So there's oh. various kinds of lobbyists. Stan is one of those third kinds. Because I was going to say, you're married to a lobbyist. I am. But the other kind. The good healthy Well, kind. one of the three. Yeah. One of the three kinds. You guys, uh, did you ever think this is where you'd be? No. I mean, not the Matt Townsend show. But did you ever think that you were ever going to be Speaker of the House? I mean, seriously, no, that's, no, a great no, 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 no. that's a great role you're playing. You're changing lives. Uh, yeah, not, not in the plan. At least How not did in this the come to be? Plan. Um, when uh, I met uh, Becky, when we got married, yeah. she wouldn't even give a prayer in church because she was so distraught at getting kidding? up in front of a crowd of people. Yeah. The Speaker wouldn't even pray publicly. Well, I would. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I don't know who enjoys it, but... James loves it. He always volunteers (laughs) when there's a prayer. I mean, it's not like I would say um, I refuse to pray in church, you know, but I didn't didn't volunteer Mm -hmm. by any means. Where did the confidence come from? Or did Um, you just sit there and think, look, there's this, we need some changes. I'm getting in there. Well, being in the house wasn't... I had told Stan early in our marriage that someday I thought it would be cool. It would be fun to be in the legislature. Really? Yeah. Thinking it would be when I was a grandma, when yeah. my kids were grown and, and those kinds of things. But as things happened, it, it ended up working out for us sure. when it worked out. And, and I served and being speaker was, you know, I had a colleague that he and I used to joke about. Yeah. After me, you know, kind of thing. Just oh, on the side. Ha ha ha. You ran He's around. not in the legislature anymore. But did you that was it? one you, of my first phone calls. You didn't calls. get rid of him, did you? No, because okay. voters did. But um, uh, that'll do it. <laughs> but um, one of my first phone calls was to him and said, "Hey, after me." Anyway, yes. kind of funny. But um, it was never really in the plan. Yeah. Uh, I just saw a need and and knew that I if I uh, wanted to make a change, I had to be in the position to make a change. And so I went for it, and here I am. Well, and it really says a lot because Utah is maybe a little slower at bringing the women in than maybe yeah. the rest of the world. I don't know if that's true, but. You you I, you got right in there. And you know you what I took people it. ask me a lot about that. They ask me about did you feel this sexism thing mm-hmm. in the legislature? And I have to say maybe a little bit. Did you? But what I really felt uh, was more of an ageism kind of thing because I was only twenty nine when I was first elected. Yeah, you're a punk. And that year I was the youngest member. There's since been younger members elected, and probably previous to yeah. that, uh, um, when the you know. The average age of, you know, when did people used to die in their 40s or yeah, 50s, right, right? right? I mean, you know, so there were, I'm sure there were plenty of younger people uh, elected and serving. But that that year, that term, I was the youngest. And that – I felt that probably a little bit more than I ever felt the sexism thing. Or did you really? And mm-hmm. then you – I guess you just work your way up. And yeah, then you're, you, just, you're, you're serious just in about it. You just get it. it. You, you understand the issues. You do the homework. You um, make – Comments when yeah. necessary, when needed, um, that that show that you're serious about it, that you've done the homework and all of that, and pretty soon that goes away too. And then you're, I guess, you're eventually on every committee in the world. Not everyone. Appropriations, but. legislative expense oversight, administrative rules. A lot of those are by virtue of of the position, 
a lot yeah, okay. of those committees. Oh, do they? Um, are but they? also, those are those are um, areas of great interest yeah. to me and have been the entire time. What's it like, Stan? Though, does she bring this home? Because this everyone knows her. She's the big deal. She. What's it like to be married to the speaker? I mean, that's a weird question. Like, you know her as Becky. Well, that's the reason we have you come speak to the spouses every year. I know, but she's never there. Um, (laughs) We can't fix her if she's never there, Stan. Yeah, so. That's why we brought you on, Becky. um, Yeah. So what happens to these people is they get elected and suddenly there's a lot of attention on them. Yeah. And it feeds their ego. And they, they really – I mean not on purpose, yeah, but no. they, they, they start focusing on that rather than focusing on, on their spouse and on their kids. And so it's just, it's just really a – it's kind of a shock to the family. And over time, you either keep them grounded mm-hmm. and you figure out strategies on how to engage them and yeah. how to keep, keep that relationship going or it's easy to lose. I bet it is, isn't it? Yeah. And I bet nationally. Is this a bigger deal nationally too? I mean it seems like – the. I get so sick of watching national politics now. Everything's so polarized. Every What's happening? Yeah, it's extremely polarized, but also, um, and I heard you talking about this earlier, why would someone choose to do yeah. this? The kind of media scrutiny, the kind of attention that's to not just the person running for office, but their entire family. Your whole family and no family is perfect. No. I mean, I've, I've no. learned that long time ago in my own family growing up. Right. I just think, oh, I have such a great family. So perfect. <laughs> Everybody has issues, right. you know. I mean, sure. there is no perfect family. So you learn that. And, and, and so, yeah, there is a huge risk going into politics, especially these days. We live in a TMZ, National Enquirer type of world totally. where everyone wants to hear about the, the dirty secret or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Something you did in seventh grade or, you know, whatever. And that, that's a risk that you take. And, and we've had kids that haven't been perfect, um, but, but they've, they've had to deal with a lot. They yeah. really have. Oh, and, I bet. And I mean, you're, your I, face is in the picture, and then all of a sudden kids are saying, what's well, so it your mom? Yeah. Why did she do that? Yeah. And let alone think, I mean, I don't know. I look at it. I, would that, I guess, is that dissuading people? Is that pushing people away from serving I think, think it is. That's I a think different it dissuades quality. a lot of really well-qualified, great people from yeah. serving. And that's unfortunate. That's to the detriment of our entire uh-huh. system of government. Even the family. It seems like if you have a family, you'd be even less inclined to do it. Like, Because yeah. I wouldn't want my kids to go through that, let alone me having to travel away every week. Is it different in a state level or a local level? Because you did it in the community. Yeah. In fact, it's interesting that when we as, – as we – were married and started a family and, and kind of got started, you know, I, I really kind of felt like I was going to get the chance to serve and kind of was on all sorts of committees at, at, at the local level yeah. and, and uh, was involved in the political party um, before Becky got started doing that. And then kind of just as a result of that grassroots involvement, we've had just a ton of really neat opportunities. But our kids um, – there have been downsides to it, but if you take it as a whole and you look at who they are today, they are better because of of, of our service, but particularly Becky's service. Really, they, they they have a better worldview. They How many have, kids do you have? We have three. Three boys, girls, two girls, and then a boy. How old's the oldest? Um, she'll be twenty four next <gasps> month. This month. Yeah, in like uh, a week. Yeah. Okay. No, I remember her. Now she's is she taking a political class? What's she doing? Her she made she got her degree here from BYU in political science. She's going to be like her uh-huh. mommy. Well, maybe. I don't know. So scary. Yeah. She's in politics. She's still kind Is of she? in the arena. Uh-huh. Is she going to run your committee? What committee? I don't know. I'm just trying to track um, her. 
I'm just trying to trap you into an announcement you don't want to make that you don't even know you're making. Our second daughter will be uh, 22 this month. And um, she just recently uh, married, so we have a son-in-law, have a son-in-law, which is great. That's great. A wonderful guy who is a, a veteran. Really uh-huh. wonderful. And uh, just a, just a, they're doing great. But, they live in they Salt met, Lake. But they met when they were interns in the legislature. See, yeah, it's but, in but the blood. But her, she, she, as much as she uh, isn't, her major is uh, is chemical engineering. Oh, really? But you know, has a great interest in in politics as yeah. well. So she. She leans that direction a little bit. Who's as well. the baby, baby boy? Our our son Stephen. He just left uh, three weeks ago. Four weeks ago. Four now. weeks <sighs> ago on his mission. You guys are empty nesters. Yeah. We okay. We're gonna have to talk. That's about a that whole too. different. We, I mean, we could spend an hour. No, on we that. are. We're going to. Oh. We'll, well, we may have to go really long. That's life changing. <laughs> because here again, we've got Speaker of the House Becky Lockhart and her wonderful husband Stan Lockhart. Um, uh, not a lot lo- a lobbyist by definition, but really. Just, just a great guy. Just a great guy. Works for Micron. <laughs> Government affairs. You know, he's the man, the myth, the legend. We're learning about service and public service. And I think by the end of this, hopefully you'll be have a desire, at least some desire, to serve at some level somewhere. We're talking public service, life service, family service, community service with the Lockharts. We'll be right back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Friends to the Matt Townsend Show. We are joined by <laughs> as close to royalty as you can get. It sounds so bad, but um, Rebecca Lockhart, Becky Lockhart, is joining us. She is the Speaker of the Utah House of Representatives, and her wonderful husband Stan Lockhart, who is he likes to be called the man, the myth, the legend. That's actually on his bio, right there. And uh, he's all, they're both parents of three wonderful children, two daughters, one son. They're empty nesters. And uh, one's an introvert, one's an extrovert. Yeah, we were. Just like what my was wife it, last I? week, week before, after our son left, we kind of looked at each other like, what are we doing in this house? we got to down something. You need a smaller house. <laughs> I don't think I've been in the basement for a week or so. <laughs> so that's, isn't that great? You know, empty nesters, I don't want to scare you. Divorce rate goes up like 16%. Yeah. So let's just come see me. If you guys would come be on the show weekly, we could probably pull you through this. <laughs> I've discovered, though, that 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 she pays more attention to me now in the last three weeks than she did before that. Did and you? that yeah. and, and I try to pay more attention to her. Yeah. And the last three weeks have actually turned out to be much better than I thought they would be. Really? Because she always, lost her boy. Yeah. I always envisioned that as empty nesters, we'd be spending more time together and not really liking it that much. Yeah. But it's a good life. It is. Which, which tells us that we probably, I mean, why would you want to mess that up? Like, why would you want any other office? Again, she's not saying anything. That's the second time I've tried to trap her. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good at dodging it. She's not, um, she's not saying a thing. I think what's cool about um, you guys, I would never do what you do. It's too much risk. Right? Yeah, but, there's risk. But you kind of – I guess nobody goes in saying, I'm going to be the speaker. You went in just trying to serve your community. And then you worked your way up and you figured out, I can influence these people. And I guess that's how it happens though, huh? And maybe – That's how it should happen. Don't you think you should watch out for the one that's like, no, I'm going to go be president. 
Well, I don't know as you should watch out for that, but I definitely was not a person who who, you know, at age four, I'm going to be president of the United States, you know, kind of thing. She's like, honey, you don't even pray. Yeah. Come on, Becky. (laughs) If you would pray, you might get to be. I pray privately. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Um, what, what do we need to do? So you, you have, you don't have like a lot of time on your hands. You just have the regular amount of time that the rest of us have. What are the Lockhart's doing now? Uh, now that Becky's not going to run again. So that probably opens up some time as well. What do we do? Do we just go on walks around the park? What do we, I mean, well, how do you guys stay I'm, busy? I'm not at home a lot even now. I mean, the still? speaker of the house is essentially full time. Um, I have a lot of respect for the speakers before me who had outside professions. Oh. Um, it's, it's, I am the CEO, right, of the House of Representatives. Right. So I have five employees that work for the house. And there's all those technical kind of administrative yeah. things that go on. We oversee three legislative offices, the, the Legislative Auditor General, the Office of Legislative yeah. Research and General Counsel, and the, the Fiscal Analyst Office. So there's a lot of those kinds of things to do. I have a really good chief of staff that does most of that. That. But, but there's also some issues that I really care about that as we work through the interim, as we have meetings once a month, we have task forces, things that I want to see through that I want to kind of um, prep mm-hmm. as I leave in December and then and the next person comes in and the next the new leadership team that comes in. There are some things that I'd like to see move forward. And, uh, and I'm working on those. What are some of those? Like what like what is your pet peeve thing? What's your favorite little well, eye right, you want to see? Right now, um, working a lot on uh, the federalism issue and, and specifically the federal yeah. lands issue. I think that's, that's an issue scary that right needs, now, right? Well, it needs to be yeah. talked about. And, and and mostly what I'm working on is just education, is talking to people about what this means, why this matters to the state of Utah, why it matters to all of the West. We've forgotten a lot of our history. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we why, fought for a lot of this land. Yeah. Well, and yeah. why, why uh, there seems to be a dividing line between the East and the West mm-hmm. in this country and what happened and what does that mean for Utah and what does that mean? Uh, which transitions me into um, the other issue I'm working on a lot, which is the uh, technology initiative for public schools. Oh, man. And so um, – and a lot of our challenge in Utah has to do with funding public schools. And when you look at the relationship between the amount of federal land and the amount of access to the land that we have versus our ability to, to fund our schools, uh, they're related. They're absolutely related. And, um, in fact, the middle – the Midwest, what we call the Midwest now, 100 years ago, was the West. Yeah. They made the same argument. 90% of their states, you know, upwards, uh, some some of them had uh, 90% or more, you know, controlled by the federal government. They went to Congress and said, we can't fund our schools. We can't have economic development. The same things That's that we're right. talking That's about right. now. And what did the federal government do? Congress Congress disposed of the land. So it's it, this isn't something new. No. And they're related issues. So those are things I'm it's, working that on. That maybe is part of the deal, huh? You have to educate a lot in politics. And it's almost like we don't have as a populace the attention span to care until we get kicked in the nose, right? Well, <laughs> until all of a sudden something's happening. That's the exciting thing is you've got to find new ways of, of, of packaging the information, mm-hmm. right? It No longer do people... Very few wake up, get the paper off the front porch, read it during breakfast, you know, yeah, cover to cover. Right. That's just not the way we get our information anymore. So how do you find new ways to deliver the information so that you have uh, people who understand the issues? You know, right? it's interesting how technology unleashes you. I just sat in a meeting in church Sunday. So the LDS Church, for those that don't know, are really big into genealogy, which is where we study our ancestors. And we just want to know our Great, 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 great grandparents and all the stories and everything about them. And we do that. We want to stay connected to them. And it used to be a really old man or old woman's job, 
right? It used to be the old people's job to just hand down the heritage. I sat in a meeting with 12-year-old kids because now it's all online at familyhistory.org, I think it's called. It's free. You can go find your heritage. Family Search. FamilySearch.org. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, FamilySearch.org. It was amazing, though. The 12-year-olds were teaching all of us how to go access everything. So when you think of technology, that's it. That is the yep. future. That would – genealogy never flew as fast as it will when a bunch of 12-year-olds get their hands on it. And can whip through the right. technology. It's, the, it's technology natives, which are our children, mm-hmm. versus technology immigrants, yeah. which is us, right? We're Me immigrants. and older, right? Yeah. We're, older. I Why remember, did you point to Stan not, when you said well, older? Because he's older. Because you're actually <laughs> older than him. No. Oh, he's older he than is, you. He's seven, almost seven years older than I am. You dirty oh, man. Oh, yeah, I know. Rob the cradle. Yeah, you do. So, <laughs> you and, but I'm not that house. old, okay? I'm not that old. No, you're but I learned how to type. You remember that? In high school on an IBM Selectric, right? It was an electric typewriter, but I remember that was a big deal. I took typing. I didn't take keyboarding. I took typing. And for a long time, even now, sometimes I feel like I can type a paper and push print. You know, I, I know yeah. enough. Yeah. I, I can yeah. navigate the internet, you know. You know how to get I, Maybe on I shouldn't admit this, but my kids, our kids, you know. It's embarrassing. It's, they're natives. I know. It's who they well, are. Well, even the young – I have a nine-year-old that can do everything. Yep. Everything. Give them your iPhone and they'll figure out the no, apps on I know. it like that. It's crazy. There's apps? When did they put apps on my phone? <laughs> really? That is so messed up. We're speaking with <laughs> Speaker of the House, Becky Lockhart, her husband, Stan. Both. Uh, were you a Stan? Were you a BYU guy? I was. See? So it pays off. It does. You guys making it big. Who, who, are the Lock, who do the Lockharts revere? So when we think of... I mean, I think of the Lockhart's. That's who I want to be like when I grow up because <laughs> I'm so much younger. Um, I, I, who do the Lockhart's look up to? I, this is going to sound cliche, but um, for, for, for my life and what I'm involved in and things, I, I revere uh, the founding fathers, right? I mean, and they yeah. didn't all agree. No. Sometimes I think we have this idea that the founding fathers agreed on everything. and yeah. They did not. No. Um, they, some of them didn't like each other. They at knew how all. to disagree, though, right? They absolutely did. And and our constitution and our form of government is the result of having to come together. People who didn't agree, having to come together and work it out and get the best solution. And so I I, I revere that in that's a lot huge. of ways because that's really what I'm about is hearing all sides, the majority, the minority, and and laying it out there on the table and coming together with good solutions. That's I love really, that. And and that's why I. I, other than the principles that I think are important yeah. to the founding of this nation, which they so aptly talked about, um, it, it's that process of of coming together. Um, I thought for sure you, you were going to say Beyonce. Uh, no. Okay. Not even close. You know, she was a member of a group called Destiny's Child <laughs> before she was Beyonce. <laughs> Just thought you should know. Wow. Stan. He's full of this Stan, trivia. Don't don't let people know you know that. There's some things you're supposed to – he's got to – if you're ever going to run for anything ever again, hypothetically, ever, ever. you're going to have to clamp down on him. I know. I know. Because if he throws out a Destiny's Child I thought, know. it's going to make Drudge Report. Yeah. Yeah. We're really, really Okay, Stan, who's your, who's your hero? Well, there are many. Um, one of our challenges as conservatives is, is communicating the message in a way that people understand it. For some reason, our messages aren't processed very well. Yeah, what? Yeah. And and Ronald Reagan was the great communicator. I loved him. Just the sound bites that he gave. I many times I'll just go read his quotes about 
uh, I mean, there's so many great ones that just frame things up in a way that you agree with. Yeah. And and it was about limited government, and it's about uh, fiscal responsibility. Yeah. And and he had these wonderful. This just this wonderful. I think it was his experience in radio. Frankly, that, I think it was. It, he knew that, how to convey the message, but he could convey mm-hmm. it so well. And today, our leaders don't convey the message very he, well. He said, "Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall." I mean, everyone knew he was saying. I'm sure it was written. Gorbachev. Everyone knew he would say that. I'm assuming in the political sphere. Yeah. But he said it. But he said it also in a way that. What do you do? Everyone's like, okay. He said it. He didn't get shot. He didn't. He did actually. He did get shot. He didn't get killed earlier. He, yeah, he didn't get taken yeah. down by KGB. Yeah, another person who who I um, have a lot of respect for is Margaret Thatcher, obviously. Mm, and I've been Maggie. there's a, f- a few people in the media who say I'm that you know Utah's you are the Utah's Iron, Iron Lady. You are Iron thing. Lady. And so I do have I I do and I'll copper I'll own copper that. lady. Okay, what let's go with copper. copper. Um, I'll own that. I'll uh, embrace that in a lot of ways. But I think it is. It's not necessarily everything that she stood for and yeah. everything that she said and did. And it's not just that it's, she's a woman. Right. She but it's had stylistically, a, yeah, she was very her. strong in a man's mm-hmm. world. Um, and um, But also you have to you have to look at um, some of her greatest strengths were also some of her greatest weaknesses. And so you can learn a lot from that. Yeah. What was? Well, give me a weakness of Maggie Thatcher. Well, Margaret she was Thatcher. very specific. I mean, she she blinders right yeah, she, i mean she she'd go for her and goal that, and that in a lot of ways um, mm-hmm. led to to her losing power yeah so. you know it's neat how we we learn from people we're speaking with uh, becky lockhart speaker of the utah house of representatives her husband stan lockhart who is apparently the speaker of the family no no not That's even me that too. is that you too let him have a role becky he does. Just throw him a speaker. He, I role. consult with him regularly. Is he speaker of if you guys are going to move or not? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna find out what they're speaking about. We're also I want to hear from them. Um, you know, Fourth of July is coming up. Why on earth should we be so grateful? A, and uh, how do we spread the fever of you know stepping up for our own country? And some of us need to start leading. Somebody needs to get in there and start leading, for heaven's sake. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're taking a break. We're talking with Speaker of the House, Becky Lockhart. More when we come back right here on BYU Radio. Friends, to the Matt Townsend Show in the house, Speaker of the House. That's why this is in the house. Becky Lockhart, Utah House of Representatives. She's the speaker, first female speaker of the House of Representatives in Utah. Her husband, Stan Lockhart, is with her as well. Three beautiful kidlets. They live in Utah. Uh, one's away serving an LDS mission. Where again? He's in Richmond. Actually, outside of Richmond, but that's the mission. That's Richmond, good living. Virginia. Good living. Oh, yeah. boy. Political One area. One of his first comments was, there's a lot of trees. <laughs> yeah. What's with all the trees? <laughs> From the desert to Richmond. That's right. How cool is that? So we talked about your favorite heroes. And um, let's talk about Fourth of July is coming up. I, it just seems like a lot of these, a lot of us don't quite get how lucky we are. So teach us. What... Why should we serve our community? Why should we go about giving back to our country when a lot of people feel like they're they're not being paid attention to? Hypothetically. Well, the the promise of of our form of government is always there, right? If it's if it if we're 
if we're implementing it on the principles it was founded on, right? So I can I understand and I feel the same kinds of frustrations, uh, especially at the national level that a lot of us have. And I, I would submit that most of that is based on this. We have, we have moved away from um, a robust che- uh, system of checks and balances between the three branches right. of government. Oh, yeah. We've moved away from that. And, Court and that will, decisions right, recently. Um, v- quite a few in a row, yeah. right, which is which is a good thing, whether you agree with the policies of the administration yeah. you, but you or not. See the, you see you the see different those off- checks yeah, and balances, exactly. which is what, what the three branches are supposed to be doing. So um, we need to, in many ways, return to that. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, upset. Congress won't do anything. Congress isn't get any, getting anything done. <laughs> yeah. It's so slow. And, What's the deal with and, Congress? And this is where you, you see an executive who's saying, well, if Congress won't work, the people want it, and I'm going to do it. We should all be afraid, no matter who the president is. Right. If, if the executive is willing to say something like that, you know, government is supposed to work slowly. It's supposed to be frustrating. This is how you keep tyranny from happening, right. you know, these kinds the of things. Yeah. And the people's representatives need to take action legislatively to do things or not. Yeah. And that's the way our system's set up. It's supposed to be slow, supposed to be frustrating. And and um, we need we need we need a return. Yeah. To a lot of those principles. Do um you guys have kids that are involved in politics? You have uh you have a family that's a service-oriented family. One's out on a mission. Two of them. One's working. In, I guess they're both. Oh, yeah. You have a son-in-law that served in the military. So, how do you, as parents, and what would you advise, kind of the rest of us, to, to how do you teach service? How do you teach whether it's public service, you know, going and giving your life or a limb for your country? How do you instill that as a parent? I found that my kids' imprint on what we do, our example is the strongest influence in their lives. And so um, our kids uh, – I've seen it both ways. I've seen kids that kind of uh, get turned off to politics when their parents are involved. Right. Um, Ronald Reagan's family is a yeah. great example of that. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I've seen kids that get more involved. Uh-huh. And, and our kids have kind of taken that approach. Our three kids have a greater – Awareness of the world around them. Um, I remember our daughter, she was in a history class at, in, in high school, our middle daughter, and they wanted to discuss the, the, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And our, our daughter, for whatever reason, took the approach that that shortened the war and saved more lives than it killed. And she was against her entire class and the teacher and had this hour long debate. Wow. And she was more than willing to make her case. And the fact that she was willing to stand up for what she felt was right yeah. was the important thing to us, not her particular yeah. stand on that issue. Right. So, because a stand might come and go, but yeah, the ability and our, to do our it. kids sometimes, I think, because of our involvement, know know a lot more, or at least have a the yeah. context a little bit more than others. So it's the same same daughter. Uh, teacher kept talking about our democracy, our democracy, our democracy, and oh, she boy. kept saying, "No, it's a republic. It's a republic. No, it's a democracy. <laughs> same thing. No, it's different. You know, kind of thing." And finally, <laughs> you know, she, yeah. it's different. Is that it's when she was different. expelled? That's when no, she was no, no, expelled. no. <laughs> but but you know, these are the kinds of things that our kids hear. I mean, they yeah. they hear me talking about. It, they hear Stan talking about it. We Stan and I have. Uh, when was it? Years ago, we were driving to St. George, uh, and the kids were in the back, and we talked about some. Was it tobacco policy? Yeah. 
Oh, the wow. entire way. Our Four kids are like, drive. oh, stop it, please. We but don't we're even just, smoke. We're, I, we don't. We don't <laughs> use tobacco. But but it was all about, you know, tobacco yeah. policy and tobacco taxes and, and uh, you know, money for cessation and oh, all these kinds of things. And we didn't agree. I can't even remember what our positions were. <laughs> but, Pro-patch, anti-patch. Yeah, I, anyway, <laughs> but we talked the entire time about that. And good things so, for iPods, right? Yeah. They put the headphones just, in your and kids that was are like, it. Our parents are messed up. Yeah. Does... Um, um, cause that, that actually, I've seen it. I've seen, I've been to a meeting. I've Stan called and asked me to speak to the spouses of the legislators. So I'm in a room with all of the spout, not all, but a lot of the spouses. Meanwhile, legislation, I mean, you guys are in session mm-hmm. down the hall. That's why, that's why speaker Becky couldn't come. Right. Uh, and other reasons. She didn't want to, you know, start a fight. She didn't want to face she up to the reality. She didn't want to start <laughs> lipping it. That's right. <laughs> Getting in trouble. She'd have to call the, what is, what's the top, what's the top, top Sergeant co- of Arms. Sergeant of Arms to get rid of him. Um, but I see She's all these done people. That before. I'm sure she has. <laughs> get out of my office, Sergeant. Um, I can imagine it. But I sit there and I see that. We see all the public side of it. But behind there's a very human side. And I just saw when when Stan was making the point that this was his last meeting. He probably won't be doing more of these. Um, But they were sad. The wives, the spouses were sad that Stan's done such a great job. And so I can only imagine. I mean, political sides aside, they probably are. They might be glad like Becky, get her out of here. But you've given your blood. Yeah. And there's something about it. You would know a lot about this, that when you're – in a very stressful situation, very high high yeah. high pressure situation, you bond to the people yeah. around you, right? So in the legislature we we have forty five days every year of just go, 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 meetings, votes, debates, just go, 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 go. And at midnight on the forty fifth day, boom, you're done. And it's 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 like a shock to your yeah. system. And so we do this kind of interesting thing because you've developed the even people you disagree with vehemently on things. You develop these bonds this familial kind of a thing. And so we you know, we turn off the microphones and joke around with each other, give each other funny gifts and, you know, <laughs> yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah. And it's a it's very much of a, a decompression bonding kind of an experience. Yeah. And that really is. Um, other than being involved in the process, see, I'm getting a little emotional right That's now. It's good. It's the people. It is. It it's always the relationships is, it? that I think I will miss the most. And it's it's the relationships in the battle, yeah. even the opponents, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, then I guess too, it's the thought of not having your community meetings and some of those people as well. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful that you care. What if you didn't care? It would not be a good thing. That's a bad thing. See now, are you going to cry on me, Stan? No. Stan's excited. Stan's excited to have Becky back. Stan, wrap us up. Um, Tell me what it means. There's got to be some serious pride, though, too, knowing that your wife is rocking it, that she's changing Utah in our case. But how how do you feel? How do you feel about Becky? And just what's that like to know this girl that wouldn't necessarily offer the prayer without coercion (laughs) for the church is now willing to stand a speaker? Well, you're asking me questions that are going to get me choked up here, Matt, so that's kind of hard. It's not even written, but I know. Um, I I guess some of the blessings from uh, Becky's service has been the ability for me to kind of get outside our relationship and outside of our family and just watch her grow and develop as a person, to watch her talents and abilities just come to the forefront and blossom, and to watch this woman that I married – and I, I 
I constantly am, <laughs> it sounds so trite, but I constantly say, wow, I am the luckiest guy yeah. in the world. That's cool. That's cool. She is, um, she's really cool. She's phenomenal. And I, I, I guess it's not going to end, is it, Becky? Oh, I don't know. I've got to find something to do. People think, oh, you know what you're going to do. And I honestly don't know. You don't know. See, that's what's cool. I don't know. I actually, I'm one I of those totally people. I, yeah. I just, I, I've, I, I try to pray about it, right? I mean, yeah. and, and, and where is it that, where is it I need to be to get done what I need to get done? Well, the that's ten- what I really want to The know. tension is everybody thinks you're going to run for governor. Yeah. And, but what I honestly believe is you really don't know. And, don't. But you are praying to God and you're, you'll find out, you'll know. Yeah, it may be something completely yeah. different. You might start a trucking company. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's not on the list, but I'll put it Have there. you thought about doing a radio? I know some people. <laughs> now, you know, the mere I, fact I said that, I all my bosses are going to be out there grabbing <laughs> I, this I don't think I will completely, no matter what, I, I, this is something, being involved in public policy, being involved in, in making a difference, educating people about the issues, I think is something that I've learned, something that I feel incredibly yeah. passionate about, and I, I have to be involved in some way. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think you're a great couple. And I'm pretty sure that if you're not going to go to politics, and once you guys are set financially, which, you know, if you do anything like the Clintons, it ought to be just a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I heard they had earned $168 million, yeah. Matt, since, they yeah. le- since he left the presidency. Can I, can I they, just, pay re- they pay regular taxes. But can, I, yeah, can I just suggest, though, that you guys, um, you probably ought to start speaking. They make good money. I speak, and I you earn are nothing. Speaker. That's true. I have nothing right now. That's, yeah, you're the old speaker. You need to go to the new speaking circuit. Well, Matt, we appreciate you guys. We've never done this for the money. I know. You, you, you has, don't do it. I mean, really. Yeah, you don't do it at all. It's interesting, but now you can, apparently. I mean, like, not on the national level, not local level. You probably won't ever do anything for the money. But on a national level, there's people making more money leaving their office because they were in office. That's probably the scary thing, isn't it? It is. Isn't that interesting? That's not the purpose. It's been been a wonderful thing for us and our family. Uh, There have just been a lot of blessings that have come as a result of it, and we'd encourage anybody else to to do it as well. Just because you're in the spotlight is not enough reason to not do it. Our founders – in fact, we were just in Hiram uh, two days ago at their Fourth of July celebration. Becky was the speaker. And as they read the names of all those that had fought in wars and died, I was just struck by the fact that there are so many who have sacrificed so much oh, for what we have. Totally. And People we, yeah. need to rise up and, and, and be involved and, and participate. I was surprised how many names this little town of Hiram, Utah read. Has contributed to. I thought, you know, well, there's going to be three or four yeah. names. It went on and on. Lives. Lives. People. Real yeah. people. Not time, Sons, not money. Lives. Daughter, you know. Dads, uncles, whatever, from World War One, World War Two, Vietnam. You know, That's huge. I just, I, I thought, when is this going to end? And this is just little Hiram, Utah. It was really, really impressive. One of my favorite interviews, right there. Uh, in the many years I've done this, we, you know, this is one that stands out as special. Rebecca Lockhart, uh, again, and for those of you who obviously aren't from Utah, you know. She's just a speaker of the Utah House of Representatives and actually passed away. And uh, this wonderful woman we talked to for the last two or three segments taught us so much about the need to take risks, to stay passionate about being informed, solving problems, serving, teaching, uh, praying 
about what you're supposed to do to offer more back and give more service. What a great lesson. And um, our prayers go out to the Lockhart family and to Stan, uh, the, the wonderful man you were just hearing, who lost Becky. Again, um, so important. And, and throughout the rest of the show, we're going to continue this theme of service and try to take what we learned from Becky uh, even to the next level and see if we can't motivate more service to go on. A little bit later in the show, Hank Smith's going to join us. He's going to teach us how we can get our kids to serve. I'm going to come back and also talk about how you can find out what your purpose was. What I loved about Becky is she always knew, even you know, she didn't know everything she was going to do, but she knew that she was being guided as she was going through this process. Service matters, folks, and uh, there's power in losing yourself in the service of others because then all of a sudden you get to find yourself. We appreciate you, Becky. Uh, bless your soul, and um, thank you, Stan, as well. And we, our prayers go out to the Lockhart family. We're going to take a break, come back, continue learning this great, uh, the great gift of service right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of the Matt Townsend Show. You know, I'm telling you, life is short. It's it's short. Now, it doesn't seem like that for James. Because he's so young, vibrant. But for the, for the oldies... Thanks. As you point to me... No, I was just... I was signaling. Yeah, yeah sure. It wasn't I saw the point. hand gesture. A point is uh-huh. a finger. Yeah. I was just signaling. You were looking... And then I was going to bring the hand back to me. Yeah. Us, yeah. The older. Yeah. It was just a coincidence that the hand gesture was in your general direction. Mm-hmm. That's why we need some video in here, because people is, could have seen... The, my wife is agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, she calls me all the time. She says, is the old man there? And I'm like, let me look. And I always look for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you look at this? So one of the things that we learned from Becky Lockhart, she had passion. She also then gained knowledge around it, overcame some fears, overcame some insecurities. Do you feel? I do you feel totally connected to your purpose, Sean, in life? Like do you feel like you know what you're about? I think so. I mean, this is our coach's corner. Mm-hmm. And your wife wanted me to work this out with you. Okay. Do you really know what you're about? Because a lot of people, she's sitting here. She knows she has something else to give. She was actually fairly calm and, and confident saying- This is Becky you're yeah, talking Becky about, not Lockhart. my wife. Not your wife. Yeah. Oh, let's get very clear about that. Yeah. Becky Lockhart said, I, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Really, I don't. And yet, I know I've got to do something, and I don't know what that is yet. Well, and, she was at a transition point in her mm-hmm. life, mostly politically, I would yeah. at, least, at least publicly- and we and we need to know. I mean, that, that's one of the things that I I feel gives me power is I at least I mean, I can mess up a lot of stuff in my life, but at least I know what I kind of want to do. Mm-hmm. I know what my life is about. And I know when I'm out of bounds because it kind of it just goes against who I am. And so in this segment of the coach's corner, I wanted to talk a little bit about discovering your motivating mission. OK. And um one of my – there's a great, uh, uh, you know, I guess it's just a story about Michelangelo and how he used to uh, – you know, he had all these different masterpieces, mm-hmm. the David. 
and others. And what what is interesting, though, is he said inside of this big slab of marble is the masterpiece. And he didn't need to do anything but just remove the excess. Yep. But he had to start to get the picture. So I believe one of the great tools that we have, we as humans have that we may not be exercising enough is this introspection, this ability to ask ourselves questions and let our heart work on it for us. Okay. It's interesting that in that interview with Becky and Stan Lockhart, they're getting emotional. And what she said in the end is, in the end, it's really about the people. It was never about the money. You don't make the money. It's, it's, and it wasn't just about being powerful and popular. It was always about the people. And it was always about the relationships. And so here's some questions. And these are questions that are going to have you think about maybe purpose, people, passion, all these different things. And just think if you can, out there in listener land, what, what is it that you are being driven or called to go be or go do? We don't need to be the Speaker of the House. We maybe just need to be a father, a better father. We maybe just need to be, you know, a better friend, a better neighbor. Here we go. Here's some questions. And we, you don't have to answer them out loud, Sean. Well, is this for a career or personal life. or everything in general? Yep. Okay. Yes, all of the above. All right. And this, this will help you, James, and it will also help you with uh, McQuellen. Okay. To, you know, because it might be good that you're both on the same page. As far as your mission and your purpose is concerned. Yeah. Because if, if they're divergent, you're dead. That's a problem. That's a problem, especially when the woman is packing knives. <laughs> you with me? Yeah. Here's the first question. What have my unique talents, gifts, and abilities prepared me to offer the world? So everybody has been given a different set of gifts, of talents, you know, you know intuition, ability to read people, insights. Patience. I mean, just different gifts and talents. And everybody out there needs to start to discern what are mine, my unique gifts and talents, and what have they kind of prepared me to uniquely offer this world. Okay. And if we could figure that out, just think of these kids, uh, you know, anywhere on this great planet. If your young child could figure out – now, not everybody doesn't have the talent to throw a football. Whether it's inflated or not. Yeah, whatever the, the PSI. But we, there are certain talents and gifts that nobody pays attention to. The ones that everyone pays attention, you can sing, you can dance. You know, uh, Mike Pond can grow a mustache that looks like, you know, kind of a, a greasier Tom Selleck. Like a uh, br- black caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Like a black caterpillar. Yeah, like yep. that. Just like that. But that's a gift, I guess. And um, But what are your unique ca- talents, your gifts, your abilities, and what are you uniquely prepared to, and even I would even say being called to, okay. bring to this world? Another one. How do I want to feel and influence others to feel when I am around them? Hmm. How do I want people to feel when I'm done talking with them? What do I want them to feel about themselves? How do I want to influence them when I'm around them? Do you guys ever think of that? I mean, who thinks of that question? Tonight I'm going to do a speech, and that's a great question to ask. What do I want them to feel? Relieved. Yeah, he's done. How do I want to influence them? By the way, that's dating 101, James. Yeah. How do you want Michaela to feel? About herself, about you, about life, about everything when you're mm-hmm. around her. 
Isn't that powerful? To me, what that probably is what love is, right? It's how you feel about yourself. Does this person bring you confidence? Do they make you feel weaker, stronger then? Here's another one. Whose life could I improve or make better if I just served? That's a mm. cool question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right there, uh, boy, oh, whose life could I make better? Yeah. How many times have you just received like a prompting or a thought and you're like, I need to help somebody. I need to go see them. I need to go. Last night I'm driving uh, home and I see them pushing a car, a uh, uh, guy's <laughs> pushing his car by himself, which is weird, and steering. Um, and then another guy pulls so over hard. and helps. And um, I drive by. And I, in my head, I think, keep I really ought to pull over. And I drive, I keep driving. And then about a block later, I'm like, that was, you really should have pulled over yeah. and helped. And then, you know, I just worked it through. <laughs> then, then I get all, well, if I go back, then I'm going to have to flip a UE in an intersection. You can't flip a UE, so I'm going to have to go, I don't know. Eh. It's going to be awkward. And yeah. You rationalized it. I totally did. Okay. And then, boom. Now, guess what? I guess... I, I mean, there were other people that were helping him. I didn't need to be the only one that helps him, except I was the one right there being called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was the one. I, I had the prompting. But, you know, I got to get there. I got to get here. I got to do this. Got to get to the next meeting. <sighs> we are all doing that, aren't we? What do you want your family members to say about you uh, and about how you lived and loved life? Today, they was the the funeral service for Becky Lockhart. What do you want your kids to get up and say at your funeral service? Like, that guy, I'm mm-hmm. glad he's gone. What do you want? We'll see. I mean, <laughs> the power. And again, if we know that now, we start thinking about it. Each one of these questions are starting to let you understand more about what your calling is, your mission is. Mm-hmm. If you sit there and you say, I want them to know that I loved them, then that's part of your mission. Your mission is to make sure your kids know. If you want your spouse to know that... Um, or do you want them to be able to say that they really made a difference? They made me gain self-esteem. And like when you heard Sam and Becky Lockhart talking about each other, it's powerful. To, to have your husband look at, in just awe of what your, your, you or your spouse has become, it's powerful. Here's just a few more to wrap it up. What is your single greatest hope in life? If you had one hope. Hmm. And that's a great question. I would just ask and I'd make sure you have an answer to it. And then we can just simply say, you know, what am I doing that needs to get me closer to that? Why is this hope so important for you? And what are you doing today to make your hope a reality? Narrow it down to one hope. What's that one hope, that one idea that if you could just have this one thing happen? And why is that one so important to you? Again, then wrap these all up. It doesn't need to be a big formal kind of mission statement, but it might be valuable to just be able to have some answers to some very basic questions. That's the coach's corner. That's all we got. That's all we got. But no, that's not all the show's got. We have so much more. Hank Smith is going to join us. Hank is, um, he's an educator and he knows how to move the youth. He knows how to get your teens going. He's going to come talk to us about kids and service, how to help, you know, instruct them, teach them to be more service oriented. Got a lot with Hank Smith coming up next. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, these for some reason, Sean has been picking a, a, a lineup of songs from my high school days. Breakfast Club. Is this Breakfast Club? I mean, this was in Breakfast Club. Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me. Don't you forget about me as I look James right in the eyes. The funny thing about James is he actually does forget about me uh, every other day. And then he just doesn't show up for work. We're going to talk to Hank about that and see if we can have Hank help us motivate. I can help James. The people around here. Hank Smith's <laughs> in the house. Dr. Henry Hank Smith is his name. Mm-hmm. He's got a master's degree in business administration. He also has a Ph.D. He's done completed his Ph.D. from Brigham Young University in educational leadership he writes, he puts together all these great audio series. How many yeah, do you have now? I do like audio. Uh, You're a talker. Yeah, I, I do like to record audio. It's better, It's easier than writing books. Oh, it? for sure. Yeah. You, and uh, you don't have to punctuate. I think I've done oh, 13. Have you really? 13 of those. And they can just get those by going to your Facebook page. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, go to Amazon.com. Hank Smith. Yeah. It's pretty easy. And they're just, they're nice little one hour, 10 minute. Yeah. It's really nice. Actually, nuggets. I've heard parents tell me they just, they have their kids cornered in a car. Yeah. What are they Traveling gonna do? to Disneyland. That's right. Going to family vacation. That's right. Yeah. See, I, I did, I tried that and my kids about 30 minutes in, they started screaming, my ears are bleeding because <laughs> you're making me listen to this stuff. But my kids well, like it, it. probably wasn't a Hank Smith. Scene. It wasn't a yeah. Hank Smith. But see, you make it fun, and that's one of the keys. If you're going to teach a kid, you got to – Yeah, you got to keep it fun. You got to keep, keep it, it light, right? Yeah, keep it light. You told me have once – Have fun with them. With the attention span. What do you think the attention span of a teenager is? Yeah, you've got to mix up your teaching method, mm, call every 17 minutes. Do you really? So At least, With a teenager. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're pushing. What do you think it is for like a 20-something board operator? On my radio show. I don't know. Uh, he is a board operator. So Board. Uh, board. O-R-E-D. Kind of board. <laughs> you bored, James? No. James is in love. Oh, yes. I heard uh, yeah. as I was coming in. Michaela. Yeah. Does but, Michaela uh, listen to the show? Well, we don't know if her name's Michaela. Oh. He won't tell <laughs> Do us Do we know she's name. real? She's real, isn't she? I've met her. Okay. Um, but it was only for a second, and then he hurried and got, got her away. <laughs> but he likes her a lot. Wow. It's getting serious. So, uh, but here's the deal, Hank. You're here to teach us about um, service. Yes, we're going to talk about service Because kids can just, you know, they're already kind of Mm self-centric. How do we teach them to give? Yeah, to look outside themselves. Yeah. Right. Well, I am a, uh, I'm a selfish person. Uh, service does not come naturally no. for me. It comes naturally for my wife. It doesn't. Uh, my daughter, would you have stopped and pushed somebody's car or would you just have waited? Oh, no. Th- those kind of things, absolutely. You'll do but, that. Yeah. But when oh, it comes to, geez. oh, so-and-so needs dinner, I'm oh. like, well, so-and-so you know what? should. Domino's. Yeah. So-and-so should go to Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about what's in it for the server. Yeah, okay. Right? Because yeah. sometimes we focus so much on the servee that yep. – Maybe maybe those of us who are a little more selfish aren't motivated. So let's talk about that. There yeah. are uh, you could probably you probably know more about this than I do, but there are things in life that are important but not urgent. Do you totally. know Stephen Covey yeah, talking totally, about yeah. that? Taught things it for like, years. Yeah, things like exercise. Yeah, there, it's not important urgent. but not urgent. Yeah, I can put it off. I mm-hmm. can put it off. Um, spending time with my that's right with my loved ones. Loved ones, right? It's definitely not urgent. Like nope. I have to do this now. That's right. But it's definitely important. Always ha- – and by the way, always has been. Right. Always will be. Yep. Yep. And so – and you can keep pushing those off. And a lot of us spend our time in the urgent, some important, some yeah. not important parts of life. We see, just, we're more drawn to the urgent side. Yeah, because we put out fires. Right. We answer emails. We But see, that's interesting because if you don't do something that's important, 
that's not urgent, like if you don't exercise, right. then eventually your health becomes very urgent. <laughs> eventually it and becomes then, you know, yeah. something very urgent. Uh, and Netflix, it's not important, not mm-hmm. urgent. Well, yeah. maybe it's kind of urgent because like, the next show yeah. starting. Right? <laughs> that's true. We have to watch. Uh, so that's where service falls. Service falls in the in the urgent or not yeah. urgent, important, but, but important, but not an urgent. In, and now there's some category. service that is urgent and important, right? Like uh, somebody like, has an emergency, right? And I'm going to take go care help. of it. Yeah. And I think we're maybe well, more likely easy. because that's it's urgent. Easier. Yeah. yeah. We're right. like, well, of course I'm going to help. It's yeah. urgent. But when it's not urgent, we're like, mm, we don't plan for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure eventually I'll, I'll, I'll serve. Right. So uh, what I, I brought a little list of things that, 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 what service does for the server. Okay. Okay. Uh, so so, that, so um, this is – if you want to be selfish – If you if want you to be like, selfish and you, serve. Yeah, if you want to <laughs> just stick with your selfish Here's demeanor. all the benefits that yeah. come to you. But, but honestly, that's serving. important but that, because it it's payoff. Yeah. If you know that you're going to get some benefits for you and your family. Sure. Right? Cool. Uh, so let's talk about um, that it really strengthens your family. Family time together, it's – when you're serving, it's non uh, – it's, it's not – anxious time together. We're not arguing. Right. You're not fine. We're just spending time together. Totally right? different spirit in the house. You're right. You're just... When you're helping, you're happy. Right. I, sang, I sang that. That was a primary song I used to sing. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of times when we're with our families, there's lots of, you know, lots tension. of high stress tension. But this could be something that, so this is family time together promotes trust. Yeah. It promotes conversation. It promotes just, you know, good feelings towards each yeah. other. Uh, so there's, there's one. Two, kids learn responsibility. And the big one, we already mentioned this, that kids Kids will learn. Uh, our children will learn that life doesn't revolve around them. Yeah, and that's a big deal. That's, that's hard to teach a child, especially today. I have a client. Uh, a client, I guess we'll call him friend. Uh, three kids. Last child's eight-ish, nine, but they're dying to. They're, they want to adopt another child. Okay, and but th- their fear is um, there'll be an eight-year gap. Hmm. However. I have a feeling, and this is what we talked about. I have a feeling these teenage, the older kids, the eight up to teen. I have a feeling they're going, they they will love serving this baby, right. and they will spoil this baby, and they might finally, you know, get out of their own world, right, and look out Absolutely. for the little brother. My my oldest child loves our little two yeah. twin boys. It's powerful, uh, and it, she serves them all the time. She and she's she's changing because of it. So yeah. I think it's a good thing. That's cool. Um, it gets rid of the idea that a lot of us have as adults. It's the someone else myth. Someone else is going to take care of that. Yeah. Right. It's always someone the else. Next person. Yeah, the next someone person. Someone else is going to help them. Someone else will, you know, will provide that. Mm-hmm. I don't need to. Uh, and it helps your kids see that there is, they are the someone else. Yeah. Um, and that's a big deal. Uh, because, because it's it's got the buck's got to stop somewhere, right? There's there's got to be someone in the someone else. <laughs> Do you remember the Neil Maxwell, uh, a great leader of the LDS Church, had a talk once about the mattress in the middle of the road? I don't remember that. And it slows down traffic, and everyone is so frustrated. Yeah, but nobody and nobody gets out and just moves the mattress. And so when you finally get by it, you open up and just take off. When if somebody would just pull over and finish the deal, right? They would make – sure, it would slow everyone down. Everyone would be ticked, but they're already ticked anyway. But he would open it up. Yep. Service. And it's the idea that, oh, that's someone else's job, right? Well, no, yeah. it's it's our it's, job. Yeah. Uh, it takes – we are the ones who you know, matter in our communities. We are the community. That's right. So uh, it's hard to say, well, the community will take care of yeah. it. When Where are the police are the when you need them? <laughs> they need to bring the, this neighbor dinner. Yeah. Uh, that teaches your children that one person can make a difference. Yeah. And that's how differences are made, one, one person, person at acting at a time. It teaches them to act. 
yeah, you know, to see something and act on it. Like so. I, I had great service thoughts. Right. <laughs> Instead of <laughs> not turn to action. And, and one then, day. Then it turned yeah. to guilt. Yeah. Then it's always one day. Yeah. Or, someday yeah. I'll When I have some guy. more time. And mm-hmm. that future self of ours always has more time. Oh, my future self is a rock star. Right. <laughs> he's he's going to change the world. He's <laughs> going to so serve. True. It's going to be out there. And then my future self is the same self that he was yesterday. Is your future self ripped with a really great six Absolutely. Pack? Mine yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Mine runs marathons. Yep. He's 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 really he's going to be so attractive. Oh, he's hot. And uh, mine, yeah, yeah. has. A I great think about him hair. all the time. <laughs> in fact, he was supposed to be here by now. <laughs> uh, I at one point in my career, I was working up in Park City, and the ski uh, bomb. If you're not from Utah, Park City is a a pretty wealthy, yeah, uh, generally wealthy place. Yeah, uh, and I I taught a lot of the teenagers there, and uh, wealthy teens, w- wealthy teenagers had a lot of time and a lot of money. Uh, and I saw funny things, you know, like one of them didn't know why I'd shovel snow. She said, don't you have a heated driveway? I said, no. What? <laughs> uh, another girl cried because her parents were going, making her go to the, uh, the Cayman Islands again. And she was getting so bored with uh, Cayman Islands. So there's this, there's this interesting perspective there, yeah. different type of kid. But then you would meet these kids uh, who were so humble and so good. And it, usually it was because the parents used their wealth to Take them on service opportunities. Let them see the world. Yeah, and let them they, – they knew they had this great blessing of wealth and they thought we're going to show you how other people live and we're going to go out and help people. So yeah. they'd take you know, a month-long trip but it wasn't a vacation. No. It was a work And trip. these kids – and I guess you're almost forced into – Right. I mean, Service. And these kids would these kids live in, you know, 20,000 square foot homes, but they come home grateful for carpet and grateful oh, for man. food. So uh, so there's a way to do it. You don't just because you're wealthy doesn't mean your kids are going no. to be right. spoiled and awful. You know, well, just because you're poor doesn't mean your kids won't be spoiled. Right. You don't have to take that month trip right. to Vietnam and or to, yeah. you know, Haiti and go help. That's right. Um, you can do a little thing. We're going to talk about the, the what to do here in a minute. It helps your kids learn social skills. Uh, because so they're around true. other mm-hmm. adults. And usually when you're out serving, you're probably around those who are not like you. That's right. Uh, different education uh-huh. levels, uh, different well, income might, levels. Or the, and that might be injured or that might have other problems. Right. Handicapped. Yeah, so you have yeah. to kind of the learn elderly, to adapt. Right. Yeah. And so your, your children learn how oh, to talk so to people true. like that. Uh, and, and where a lot of children might be really nervous around people like that, hopefully your kids get more and more comfortable because every human being is valuable. And I think they uh-huh. they start to – they see you, how you interact with those type of people, and they, they follow up in that way. That's cool. A um, couple others. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but no. volunteering – the study shows that volunteering uh, can combat depression in I believe uh, that, yeah. In adults. Because you're giving, you're serving, you're right. losing and, yourself. And you're not si- socially isolated yeah. right, uh, from other people. You're around other people. You have to be there. Uh, and so that helps. It also – uh, helps people feel more competent. Uh, hmm. Studies show that people who volunteer feel more competent. They feel more effective in their life. They feel happier. Oh, cool. Uh, they said that they, those who uh, serve every week feel the same happiness increase as those who go from 20, 000, making $20,000 a year to up to $100,000 a year. What? And you know that's a big increase. That's that, huge. You know, over a hundred thousand dollars a year happiness and so money don't really make sense. So if you tap out financially, you just need to serve more. Yeah, serve more, and that happiness level is gonna it's gonna increase. See, okay, Hank, you've so we got have it. lots of whys here. These are the great whys. We're gonna take a break, come back, and have Hank teach us how. How do yep. we as parents, you know, teach this the spirit of service, instill <laughs> that integrity into the hearts and the minds of our kids? Service. What a great lesson. More with Hank Smith. Up next, right here on the Matt Townsend Show.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hank Smith is in the house. Dr. Hank Smith. Dr. Doctor. Henry Smith doesn't sound the same. It doesn't. Hank. It's such an odd name. It's more of a dog name than a people name. It's a great name. Dr. Hanky Smith. <laughs> <laughs> My grandma. Carry your hanky. <laughs> okay. Dr. Hank Smith is joining us. The, the guy's the real deal. PhD, by the way, his dissertation was on trust. Trust in education. Yeah. I mean, come on. And he's an instructor here at BYU mm-hmm. and uh, has been training and teaching youth, kids, teens, for centuries. Yeah. At least a whole, the whole the whole decade. At least. And, and we didn't mention this, but married to Sarah and you have five beautiful children five. in Mapleton and twins. Twin boys who are two and a half. It's crazy. So it's house. lined up. You yeah. know what's going on. You're teaching us today about you just talked about all of the great whys of why we need to serve, why, and why we, we teach serve. serve. And there's so many. And hopefully we convinced everyone out yeah, there. That, like, I mean, whoever wasn't already out there that we need to serve. Yeah. One reason, by the way, I don't know if it was on, it wasn't on the list, is if I serve, um, I'm going to grow trust. Absolutely. And yeah, people with then, the people I'm around. Yeah, yeah. Which will then make it so I can stay in society. Yeah. And, and other people will, you know, you never know what someone you interact with, what might happen from that. That's right. Right. Don't mm-hmm. you think you either need to serve others or serve time? <laughs> that's that's probably a good. Which one do you want? Meme that one. Put you that know what's funny is I forgot about this. My wife and I were up on a uh, hike up at Cottonwood Canyon, and it was funny. It said um, those who are caught with a dog up there, you know, because it's yeah. watershed. They said you'll have three things. It'll be it'll be fines, jail time, and service. And I thought, is that really a punishment? Uh, service is no a punishment. Way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do like, the fines and the yeah. jail time. <laughs> but I have to serve, Kate. Okay. Isn't that you true? Know, put it's the funny. dog back in the car. I don't want to serve. <laughs> My son got caught. He wasn't – a bunch of them got caught climbing on a school roof. My son was um, the one that actually never got on the roof because he didn't dare climb yeah. the pole to jump on the roof. <laughs> but he still got time. He had to go serve. He had to serve. Isn't that funny? We, we use service as a punishment know, for people. Like, well, what do you want to do? I guess I'll just go play at the rest home. <laughs> I'm like, that's I, not even service. You could have like <laughs> done laundry at the rest home or something difficult. Uh, how do we get our children to do it, though? That's the hard part. How do we teach it? How do we model it? All right. So um, obviously it starts better when your kids are young, right? I yeah. mean, the best time to teach a child is yesterday. Right. But if, if, you know, if you haven't done that yet, uh, then there's plenty of things we can do. Obviously, we can't move on without saying well, you got to set the example of service, right? Words yeah. are nice. Action is where your kids learn. Right. Uh, but I think most people understand that, that kids learn more from our action than our, than our words. Uh, so here's how. Let's talk about how. Uh, you sit down with your family and say, okay, we're going to start, we're going to try to become more of a service-oriented family. This is what we'd like to do. You know, talk about why it's a good thing, all the whys involved. And then say, let's talk about what we're interested in. My kids love animals. Oh, do they? And so they naturally want to go serve if we could go do something yeah. that's involved with animals, they'll they'll love it. It'd be more fun that's for them. That's a great idea. So, what are you interested in? What are your kids interested in? If they're interested in it, much more easier to get. It'll be a lot easier to get them out of the house to get them, you know, get them yeah. there doing something. What are you interested in? Personally, it, sometimes we think service has to be an inconvenience. Oh, that's right. It has to be something I don't want to do. That's not the case at all. Well, if you're a gardener, you could go. Do the yard work for a person, right. a shut-in that, that can't take and care of it. And it's okay if you enjoy it. And it's it's yeah. okay if oh, you enjoy service. Is, yeah, isn't that weird? And if, people, you're, and if you enjoy it, you'll do it Yeah, more. some people are like, well, it's not service if you enjoy it. And that's not true. No, uh, it's, yeah. we're not, it's not <laughs> penitence. We're right. not like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, and then we start with little things. Uh, sometimes... 
Uh, have you ever have you ever read those studies that you know New Year's resolutions uh, are much more likely to to last if you if you work in small increments yeah. instead mm-hmm. of the big? I'm yeah, going to exercise ninety thing. minutes right. a day, whereas people say I'm going to start with three minutes a day. It, See, it actually sticks. That's why because so, I was going to run a marathon. That's. <laughs> That's your, your that was my New Year's resolution. Jump, from, you know, it's, it's, I haven't even started. Right. <laughs> so if you just said, "I am going to I'm gonna park walk further to my car. from my yeah, <laughs> from the grocery store from the store, right? Yeah. Then, uh, and I'm going to jog into the grocery store to pick up my goodies. <laughs> uh, so another piece of advice is sometimes we wait for the perfect opportunity when all we really need is a good opportunity. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Some of us are like, well, that's not. That's not the perfect opportunity. My kids wouldn't like that. Or, I, you know, so instead of trying to find the perfect chance to serve, just find a good one. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Idea of don't be a perfect parent. Just be a good one. Just good. Yeah. Just settle be a for good. good. Parent. Yeah. Just and do every good, day. Be a good parent I mean, today. You could, do a, you could do a good deed every day. Right. It doesn't have to be a big the deal. The perfect deed. Um, like uh, my kids love to go for walks, you know, when the weather's good. We go out on a Sunday afternoon. We go for a walk. Well, let's take a couple of garbage sacks with us. And we'll pick up garbage on the way. That's simple, right? We'll fill, we'll you know, we'll fill up this garbage sack. And if we do, if we can fill up the whole thing, then we'll we'll have ice cream or something. Wow, right? See, it's, not, it's not huge. It's not a big. Uh, thing. See, I can. My kids would they'd throw their brother in the bag. They'd right. say, I got some <laughs> it garbage was full. here. It was full. Yeah, they they go into the garbage can yeah, and get the he'd garbage. Be out. suffocating. <laughs> There'd be a fight. We'd have to get mad. Cops would get called. Right. <laughs> well, I remember my wife's dad. He'll come back from a jog, and uh, he'll have handfuls of garbage what a great and it guy just, it just teaches you that yeah. that's who he is right he's like well i saw this garbage along the way and couldn't find a trash can so it's I so it home. interesting and right. and it's your conscience is probably telling you there's the gar- grab that pick it up just grab that grab it yeah uh oh, wow. and and your kids notice things like that a lot of people don't realize that if they go to a local event that's that's service oh yeah uh, because people will sponsor those if more people go Right, so you're 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 doing service for the community by going out to your yeah. local farmers market mm-hmm. and your local yeah, and concert, for the local food. Right, yeah, yeah. That's all community service. That's in the ones that not that don't get a lot of attention anyway. Right, you're serving. Right. Yeah, you're going out to see you know whoever's trying to start a music career and they're right. starting with the community free concert right. on Monday night, and so you take your family out and more people are likely or to sponsor that. Or when the scouts that. knock on the door, right. or they're doing the fundraiser for the school. Throwing down five bucks on a whatever. Yeah, the, the school carnival, right? Mm-hmm. I go to the school carnival every year. It's not my favorite thing. There's a lot of people. But I hear uh, you're very competitive. There. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've won. Hand me know. that fish. <laughs> Give me the fish. I'm going fishing. Uh, let's see. That's cool. Uh, you can uh, just start with writing letters to people. Oh, that's you. Letters is service. So maybe like a, adopt a soldier. You can write letters there. Uh, if uh, you have, if your church has missionaries, yeah, right. You can write send to missionaries. missionaries. Uh, you can, uh, yeah, send one of your kids on missions. Yeah. It's great. Service. By the way, that is service. <laughs> yeah. Send one of your kids out there to go serve. Uh, or you I can mean, letters to people that just in the community that do something great. Right. A thank you letter. Yeah, like an elected, like a city councilman. How often do you think a city oh. councilman hears oh. thank you? Tell me right? about it. We, I mean, we just, we, I had an interview with Becky Lockhart. Okay, yeah, who passed away, and she. But think about Becky, you know, being done as the speaker and receiving a letter from a family just thanking her Same for her example. Yeah. How often does that, does that happen, powerful. right? right. <laughs> uh, instead, I mean, how many – the letters they get are going to be complaints yeah. or you didn't do something right when someone just says, hey, thanks. And that yeah. teaches your children, we say thank you. Have you ever right. had uh, after a speech somebody come up to you and just talk to you about how well you did? Yeah. 
And but and then and then I mean that right there. If it, I think if it's prompted from the heart, right? Yeah, they should say, "Hey, thank you." That for was that. powerful. That right there could be the greatest act of service. Now, you oh. socially may not want to do it. You may be afraid to do it, embarrassed to do it. But just going and thanking an inst- somebody that played an instrument or right. And you, and you think someone like Matt Townsend knows he does a good job. Well, that's not necessarily the case, you know. When no. everybody just kind of gets up and leaves, you're like, well, I, right. well, I have no that idea. That mattered. And especially the one that you, you, know, you didn't know you were influencing. Right. Or the one you're like, wow, okay. Because then it keeps you going. Yeah. Don't that's wi- what's great. Don't withhold that. Don't withhold that. If you feel like someone really, I mean, if that was really touching you, you go up and tell them. And, right. and your kids are watching that. If they're oh, there, yeah. they're, they're seeing what you're doing. And that's having impact on them as well. Cool. Uh, some, uh, I think it was C.S. Lewis who, who talked about – I think it was in the screw tape letters that uh, if we can get people to think that service needs to be done across the world. Yeah. Right. That's where the service is Where they is need needed. the service is Africa. Right. That's where. And that's if, where people that's need where, the service. Right. And you totally forget about the guy next door. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're so always thinking true. service needs to be done. And I can't do that. I can't help those mm-hmm. kids in you know, this Meanwhile, country. Meanwhile, service in our – house right in our home and, with our family and the neighbor you know the the widow or yeah. whatever next door gets neglected because we think well that's not real service that's right and it is so uh you know showing your kids that we're gonna make you know double the dinner tonight and we're gonna take it over take a plate of food over to you know mr so-and-so next door. what what about service just being some i have a feeling and uh, you know i'm probably the person doing this that you're going to be cut off someday driving on the freeway right <laughs> Or if someone won't let you merge, that is a moment of service. Right. You just let it go. Let it go. Let it, in fact, one of your favorite songs is Let It Go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> one of my friends, John, by the way, sings, stop singing. Stop singing. <laughs> does he sing that? Yeah, he does. But we, that's, I mean, sometimes just being able to just let it go is the greatest service you can yeah. give. Yeah, just to yourself, too. No big deal. Uh, one of the big ones. Here's one my family does. We have a big box in our room, and it's just for toys and clothes that we don't use anymore. And when it's full, we take it over to the. You just feed you know, up. The, you just fill up this box. Yep, yep, we fill up this box. It's our giving box. And when you're done with something, you feel like, well, I just, you know, I haven't played with this. My kids say, I haven't played with this in a long time. Yeah. Or I'll say that yeah. I haven't played with this ball in a long time. Uh, <laughs> I haven't played my banjo forever. Right. So we and it, and it fills up frequently. I mean, Does every six right? weeks or so, it's. Which well, is again, great too, because you're kind of you're. It's like dead skin. Yeah, you're, you're getting, shedding it you're off. You're getting rid of this junk in your house, That's and so your great. kids are saying, "We don't just you know throw useful things away. You know this, and we're someone serving could someone use else. This. Yeah, someone could use this. It's a great idea, and then just take yeah. it to the you know to the local Salvation whatever. Army yeah, whatever. and it's and they're learning the whole way, and that really doesn't take a lot. I mean, mm. it's not a huge, but it's just an idea. I mean, that's one idea that just says we serve. So we and, and recycling, recycling is service right. in this house. This is how this is how this house is. Right, that's this is cool. how people in this house are. Uh, one thing that my my wife will do is she'll have the kids leave a quarter in candy machines. Really? You know, yeah, just hey, go put that in there, and then the next person who comes up. Paying it forward. Yeah. They're like, oh, wow, there's a quarter already Especially in Especially a right? kid. That's yeah. Like, How lucky am I, right? That there's what a quarter great wife. In there. Um, I, what's funny, I always check the machines yeah. <laughs> for Did change. someone leave something? <laughs> Holy cow, this yeah. is a good day. I see. I'm so uh, Shoveling snow, right? I mean, there that's you not it. You just take right. a half hour and go shovel a driveway, right? Or a or walkway. Or turn on their, their, their heated driveway. Yeah, that's what... <laughs> Go over and flip on the switch. Who has a heated driveway? Uh, Come yeah. on. 
Hey, those are nice. Have you ever seen They're them? really nice. Yeah. Everyone I, in the neighborhood hates those people. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, wow. Look at that. Uh, yard work, right? I mean, these are, it's, I'm not coming up with, these aren't life, like, wow, I've never thought of doing this before. It, really. Yeah. My wife, she knew every Thanksgiving morning, because what time do you eat Thanksgiving? Like yeah. one, two yeah. o'clock. Every Thanksgiving, they got up and uh, had a light breakfast, and then she knew they were going to go out and rake leaves. That was, it was a tradition it. in their house. And oh, traditions are important. That's a great tradition. Right? And, and that's part of this is you can make these traditions. Yeah. This is just – she said that's what we did every Thanksgiving, every year growing up as we went and raked leaves you know, cool. at a, two or three houses. And then we went and had Thanksgiving and played the rest of the day. It's just – it was part of their family life. And, and right? then and, – and kids are seeing it and then they'll hand it down. And if yeah. anything, they just know to look. You got to be looking for opportunities. Right. And then they'll start to learn that giving is a really important part of life. Mm. Uh, and a really important part of happiness is giving. That's right. And yeah. it's good for you. Yep. The more you give, the more you get. That's what I think. Absolutely. Well, Hank, you did it again. I love coming here. You're great. We're going to have you keep coming. I'm not as nervous as I was the first time. Well, the that first, first time, time I was shaking. Shaking. Remember that? Yeah, I remember I was... we thought James, he was having a seizure. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, you, that you said weird. you wanted me to call emergency services. Yeah, right. you remember? And I'm like, yeah. pour water on him. Pour water on him. But now? now great. Yeah, I'm just relaxing. This is like talking to Talking to good friends. It's like here. talking to your psychologist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good I times. just picture you as my therapist. <laughs> I'll work you through it. Hank. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Can you stick with us? Hank? I am. I'm going to stick around. Hank Smith's going to hang out with us. Again, go find him on Facebook. Hank Smith. Couldn't be an easier name. I mean, it's not like it's Dr. Henry Smith. Right. <laughs> Dr. Hank Smith. Go look at. Go look for him. Um, and on Amazon, too, he's got uh, audio CDs for for of all different topics. Really. Yeah, all sorts. Your children. They need to hear. They need to learn. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Sean's going to teach us some lessons for life. More insight as we wrap up the show right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends. Wrapping it up. The Matt Townsend Show. We're ending it on top of the world. Imagine Dragons, one of my favorite songs of all time. In the house, Hank Smith is joining us. Dr. Hank Smith. Dr. Henry Smith. Dr. Henry Smith. To his mother. That doesn't sound like a dog name. No, it's a great Hank name. doesn't. I'm okay with no, that. Medication helps. Totally. <laughs> uh, Sean is going to join us now. The great producer, Sean O'Neill, has been doing some research on some lessons from life. Actually, and you found five stories. I, I always like to teach with stories. Yes, you do. When I tell my kids stuff. And, and let's not forget, hand puppets. Oh, no. Not so much the puppets Stories anymore. and hand puppets. Mm-hmm. What's the, so you've got stories, the stories work great. to teach us the principles. Yeah. In fact, here's here's the first one, this story. And I I have no idea if these are true. But so I, I kind of okay. like – they're kind of like fables. Yeah. So – but they te- – you know, no matter if they're true or not, they still teach a lesson. Hey, and I think take it's notes great. because you may want to use these with your students. Yes. This is called The Most Important Question. During my second month of nursing school, our professor gave us a pop quiz. I was a conscientious student and had breezed through the questions until I read the last one. What is the first name of the woman who cleans the school? Mm. Surely this was some kind of joke. I had seen the cleaning woman several times. She was tall, dark-haired, and in her 50s, but how would I know her name? I handed in my paper, leaving the last question blank. Before class ended, one student asked if the last question would count toward our quiz grade. Absolutely, said the professor. In your careers, you will meet many people. All are significant. They deserve your attention and care, even if all you do is smile and say hello. That is a great story. Huge. 
I had never forgotten that lesson. I also learned that her name was Dorothy. How cool is that? That's a great story. That's something my mom has taught because, as you know, my mother took my kids on lots of trips in her RV. That's right. She spoils them. If they ever stopped at a restaurant, she would make them learn the waiter or waitress's name and what their eye color was. Wow. Wow, eye color. I've never gone that far. Mm -hmm. I try, to always call, <laughs> I try to always call whoever's serving me by name. Yeah. yeah gas sure. station attendant, mm-hmm. anything. Just call them by name. But it, it'll serve you um, because they like you. They know you. Yes. They care about you. And then like I, I have learned the name of a ticket booth worker at a place I frequent where I need to like get a ticket for parking. Mm-hmm. And I wave when I go in, and we talk on the way out, and I know her name, and we and you know what? One time I lost my ticket, and, the, and normally that's You're like good. it was like twenty bucks or whatever. Yeah, and Jeez. she's like, I saw you come in. That's great. You waved to me. I thought, oh wow. You even learned James' name. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned. I mean, that took about a year. Yeah. I mean, who is that guy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd like to learn his girlfriend's name. Yeah. But, you know, she's got to come around. That's right. Okay, Sean, give us another story. It's story time on that the Matt fantastic. Townsend Show. This is called Pick Up in the Rain. Okay. Uh, One night, 11.30 p.m., an older African-American woman was standing on the side of an Alabama highway trying to endure a lashing rainstorm. And her car had broken down and she desperately needed a ride. Soaking wet, she decided to flag down the next car. A young white man stopped to help her, generally unheard of in those conflict-filled 1960s. Mm. The man took her to safety, helped her get assistance, and put her into a taxi cab. She seemed to be in a big hurry. She wrote down his address, thanked him, and drove away. Seven days went by, and a knock came on the man's door. To his surprise, a giant console color TV was delivered to his what? home. And a special note was attached to it, which read, Thank you so much for assisting me on the highway the other night. The rain drenched not only my clothes, but also my spirits. Then you came along. Because of you, I was able to make it to my dying husband's bedside just before he passed away. Mm. God bless you for helping me and unselfishly serving others. Sincerely, Mrs. Nat King Cole. He served Nat King Cole. Mrs. His, Nat King Mrs. Cole. Mrs. Nat King Cole. Mm-hmm. You never know. I like Sean. <laughs> Sean is great. Yeah. What a lesson. You I never be one know. one of Sean's children. <laughs> well, you know what? They're actually taking Are applications taking right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool in, we're that, in the sorry. RV doing interviews right now. <laughs> you like RVs? Because you'll inherit one <laughs> if you join the O'Neill family. How You never know what you're picking up. Yeah. Got That's one cool. more for you Let's real go. quick here. Yeah. In the days when an ice cream sundae cost much less, a 10-year-old boy entered a hotel coffee shop and sat at a table. A waitress put a glass in front of him. How much is an ice cream sundae? 50 cents, replied the waitress. Little boy pulled his hand out of his pocket and studied a number of coins in it. How much is a dish of plain ice cream, he inquired. People were now waiting for a table, and the waitress was a bit impatient. 35 cents, she said brusquely. The little boy again counted the coins. I'll have the plain ice cream, he said. The waitress brought the ice cream, put the bill on the table, and walked away. The boy finished the ice cream, paid the cashier, and departed. When the waitress came back, she began wiping down the table and then swallowed hard at what she saw. There placed neatly beside the empty dish were two nickels and five pennies. Mm. Her tip. No way. Mm-hmm. See, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. So it's, what it, is that good feeling? Hank Smith, what is that we're feeling? When you hear a great story, what are you feeling? Yeah. It's here's another one for you though that that uh, kind of it, it'll it'll hit you. Okay. In ancient times, a king had a boulder placed on a roadway. 
Then he hid himself and wanted to see if anyone would remove the huge rock. Some of the king's wealthiest merchants and courtiers came by and simply walked around it. Many loudly blamed the king for not keeping the roads clear, but none did anything about getting the big stone out of the way. I think we we had this story earlier, actually. The mattress. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then a peasant came along carrying a load of vegetables. On approaching the boulder, the peasant laid down his burden and tried to move the stone to the side of the road. After much pushing and straining, he finally succeeded. As the peasant picked up his load of vegetables, he noticed a purse lying in the road where the boulder had been. The purse contained many gold coins and a note from the king indicating that the gold was for the person who removed the boulder from the roadway. The peasant learned what many others never understood. Every obstacle presents an opportunity to improve one's condition. Wow. There you go. The mattress was full of cash. That's That's what we didn't know about that story. (laughs) Somebody had put money under the mattress. (laughs) Check out how powerful. I mean, these are all just examples, right? Just little. I mean, some of them, you know, but Nat King Cole. This is Nat King Cole. Um, What we're feeling is that's hope. That's the spirit. That's the goodness that can exist when we live true principles. Those are true principles. Well done, Sean. That they are. That's good stuff. Hank, you got anything to say? You got this fantastic about radio. 15 seconds. This is beautiful, beautiful radio. See? Glad you came on. Yeah. And taught us about service. By the way, another great principle. I'm glad I came here too. You'll come back, Sean. And James, you know. He'll buy you knives. Bring your friend around. I will. She will come on the show someday. I know she will. Cause, and she let's will. do it on the 14th. I'll close the deal. <laughs> I'll close the deal. We'll bring it home for you, James. Hey, folks, that's the show, my friends. Thanks again. Remember, it, it, one person, one person can make such a difference, whether it's service or just sharing a great story. Here's a quote to take us away. This is your world. Shape it or someone else will. That's Gary Liu. Shape your life, my friends, or someone else is going to do it for you. Monday, we're going to be talking about anxiety and the four gifts that it can bring you. Can you imagine anxiety bringing you some gifts in life? I promise it does. Stick with us, my friends. We hope you can see the good in the world. It's out there everywhere we're looking. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll talk to you next week.